see all of you here. Um, I received a message from Sister Janice Ross the other day, and she asked that uh, we have a special prayer for her this morning, uh, given her circumstances in Skyline with her congestive heart failure. So let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer on her behalf. Our Father in Heaven, we're grateful for this today. We're grateful for the beautiful changing of the seasons and for all that you do for us. Father, we are mindful of your healing hand, and we ask that your healing hand be on Sister Janice at this time. Be with her father, be with the doctors, nurses, the medicine father, that she might find her good health back again soon. Be with Brother Richard as well. Help them both through this difficult time. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you, Father, for the power of prayer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Eva Kor was a Romanian-born survivor of the Holocaust. Eva and her twin sister, you see, were subjected to human experimentation under the direction of Dr. Joseph Mengele at the Auschwitz concentration camp in German-occupied Poland during World War II. Eva Kor gained notoriety when she began forgiving the Nazis for the evils committed against her. Consider Eva, the mindset of a tortured individual and her choice later in life to forgive those who inflicted that torture. By observing her actions, we can gain some glimpse as to how difficult yet liberating forgiving someone can be. This morning, we're going to look at forgiveness. What it is, what it isn't, and why it matters. We must ask ourselves, if Eva can forgive the Nazis, can I forgive the person who wronged me? Can I forgive the teenage driver who took my parking space that was obviously mine yesterday at Opry Mills parking lot? Can I forgive her? Can I forgive Lo, so many people in White House who do not know how to drive in parking lots. Can I forgive those people? Can I forgive the person I disagree with on political, moral, biblical matters? Or can I forgive the person who has deeply hurt me emotionally? We can discuss forgiveness on this continuum, right, from the silly to the very serious. I hope today's lesson reaches out to all of those in the time that we have. Many things can keep you from forgiving someone. We are going to explore these today. We're going to look at some myths. We're going to really dig deep into what forgiveness actually is to hopefully help us all have a more forgiving heart. So first off, what is forgiveness? According to Danny Camp, a friend of mine, he defined forgiveness in a really good way. Forgiveness is graciously giving and receiving pardon. It is doing your best to live in the present and to take back your power and dignity by releasing the burden of the wound. That's a lot of what we'll be talking about today. is about releasing that wound and exactly what forgiveness is in regards to us, and what forgiveness is in regards to God. Are those the same types of forgiveness? 
We're going to be talking about that. So why should we forgive? Why should I, Dale? Well, we are instructed to forgive. Ephesians 4.32 Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other. Just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. I'm not a perfect driver. I've got to remember that. Whenever somebody breaks a rule and inconveniences me. I've got to remember they're human too. I've got to remember I make mistakes. God asked me to forgive, therefore I must. Because if I want to be forgiven, right? I must forgive. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. There are many teachings about forgiveness in Scripture. It's used throughout the Bible. But our goal this morning is to understand that we understand them in their completeness as much as we can so that we might apply forgiveness appropriately and follow the instructions of our Creator. Well, what is it that makes forgiveness difficult? First off, and we'll look at this verse a little more later, Matthew chapter 18 and verse 22, uh, Jesus tells Peter, you must forgive 70 times 7. Peter says, how much should I forgive those who wrong me? Up to seven times? Peter was being generous. Should I forgive in this complete way, as many times as I can, up to seven? Jesus says, no, up to 70 times seven. Our forgiveness must be boundless. Our forgiveness must go throughout, must permeate our lives, how we forgive others. That's what makes it difficult, though. The other thing that makes forgiveness difficult is the depth of your wound. When we consider Eva Kaur, you know, this wasn't a slap in the face. This was experimentation. This was something the Nazis did. They experimented on twins. What would happen if you did this? What would happen if you did that? Their experiments did not involve tickling or throwing birthday parties. I assure you that. So the depth of Eva's wound was very, very deep. Your wounds may be deep. Have you forgiven that bully in high school? Have you forgiven something that happened 10 years ago, or do you still carry that wound? It makes it difficult because hurt goes a long way. Loss of control makes it difficult. When someone hurts you, something's happened. Something about the relationship has changed. And what you thought was real, what you thought was actual, actually is not. And so you lose that control that perhaps you thought you had. Maybe lack of your own resilience. Trauma that children experience when they grow up to be adults, quite often they're not able to handle those same events. They did not develop resilience. They did not develop strength or defense mechanisms against what harmed them as children. Abandonment is one of those issues. If someone was abandoned early on in their life, they will have a fear of abandonment the rest of their life. And it will affect how they interact with other adults. They'll push them away or they'll be terribly clingy. And so they've not developed, you see, a defense against abandonment. And so that lack of resilience makes it difficult for you to trust people who perhaps are hurting you now 
the way you were hurt early on. Triggers can also make forgiveness difficult. If you experience something with someone and it was difficult and you're having to forgive that person, when you see it on TV, when you read about it in a book, whenever you read about it in a magazine, when the preacher mentions it on Sunday, that's a trigger for you that says, wow, I have a difficult time with that issue. And that, difficult, that difficultness to forgive resurfaces. Also, if the offense continues to happen, if I come and, and, and push you down, sorry, you forgive me. I push you again, sorry, you forgive me. Seventy times seven, I might tell you. I push you, you forgive me. That continues to happen. It's going to be pretty difficult to forgive. We're going to talk about this more in just a little while. But first off, let's talk about what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not a tool for, a manipula for manipulation in a relationship. When you forgive someone, at that point, it changes the relationship. What they did changed it, and when you forgive them, that changes the relationship as well. And as time goes on and you're still with that person in whatever capacity at work or, or what have you, you should not use that issue now as a tool for manipulation. You shouldn't do that. You didn't really forgive them. You're just trying to get back at them. Forgiveness is not something you withhold until you receive an adequate apology. Perhaps you've seen the Seinfeld episode where George was supposed to get an apology for someone and the guy just would not do it. George goes and goes and tries to get this apology and it never comes about. Forgiveness, as we'll see, is about your reaction to things rather than the other person. Forgiveness is also not tied to justice, at least our brand of justice. They can coexist. You can forgive someone and justice still be administered, but a lot of times we think, I can't forgive them because justice won't happen. What did, what, what did the writer say in Romans? What did Paul say? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Romans 12, 18 and 19. Sometimes we get these two mixed up in a ball and we can't forgive. If I forgive him, if I forgive her, they won't get the justice they deserve. It's not up to us to administer that justice. It is up to God to administer it. Forgiveness is not ignoring the effects or consequences of bad behavior. So as I said earlier, this has a lot to do with, with your behavior, right? One of the things you can't do is ignore the fact that I'm still pushing you down every time you walk in the building. You can't ignore that. So you shouldn't. For forgiveness is not always an immediate restoration of trust in a relationship. see this every week in my office. Something that needs to occur is forgiveness. Something that takes time is that forgiveness and that trust. So should the relationship change, though? Let's talk about that for a moment. Should you forgive and forget? In some circumstances, in most circumstances, yes. I've forgotten basically about yesterday, losing my parking spot, not a big deal. Actually ran into two very nice people after that. It's not a big deal. In some instances, yes, you can forgive 
and forget. Someone apologizes after they've messed up. Move on. Like nothing happened. The relationship doesn't change. However, some hurt is so severe and so deep that a change to the relationship may be necessary. Whatever that might look like. Proverbs chapter 103 and verse 12 says this, As far as the east is from the west, so far has God he moved our, removed our transgressions from us. Scott illustrated this very well several years ago. I'll try to do it myself. If Chris here starts walking east, east, if I start walking east and he starts walking west, we move further and further and further away from each other, right? We are not, we will never be close to one another again, especially if he stops and I keep walking. Me moving east, he stops, I keep walking, he and I will never run into each other again because east is moving constantly farther and further away from west. It's continually moving away. The forgiveness that we offer people may need to be as far as the north is from the south. Those are poles. It's a little differently. If I'm at the North Pole and Brother Jim's at the South Pole and we start walking closer to each other, we'll eventually run into each other, won't we? We'll eventually run into each other. But East is as far as you can be from the West. You'll never run into each other. Yes, I understand if you walk all the way around the world, you will meet. <laughs> but there are no poles, you see. East and West don't have a location the way North and South do the way north and south do. So sometimes this relationship may need to change because sometimes people don't. Sometimes people keep on pushing you down. Sometimes people keep on hurting you and hurting you and hurting you. Their hurt, I would say, surpasses 70 times 7. It goes on and on and on, even beyond that. It's at this moment that serious consideration of your relationship with that person, wherever it might be, may need to be made. In Matthew, Jesus says that we should give, forgive each other 70 times 7. Should you forgive the person who keeps hurting you? Yes. Should you consider your trust in that relationship? Yes. Because you can forgive someone but then lose trust. And this often indicates a change in a relationship. If they continue to hurt you, what should you do? Luke repeats Jesus' teaching of boundless forgiveness, but he actually adds a condition to this forgiveness. Luke 17, 3 and verse 4, he says, Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, Forgive him. Yes, we should keep forgiving him. But sometimes, people don't repent, do they? When the relationship must change, you are doing something that is biblical and healthy for you. You are taking care of yourself. You are self-preserving. Because this interaction hinges on a person's behavior and how they are treating you. However, forgiveness still must be a part of your own actions still forgive that person. Why? Teachings such as Hebrews 12, 14 and 15. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. 
See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. We should forgive everyone for everything they've ever done to us, but we must also move past things so that we don't hold a grudge, so that we don't have this root of bitterness springing up in us, so that we don't develop a hard heart against this person, against our fellow man. There are many physical and psychological benefits to forgiving. And so we must do that. We must forgive people, but not keep ourselves in a situation where we might lose our lives, lose our soul, lose our well-being. Let's talk now about God's redemption versus man's need to forgive. Many people, particularly, of course, in the Jewish community, many of her fellow survivors, disagreed with Eva Kor, stating that a prerequisite of forgiveness is atonement, that there must be sorrow on the other person's heart for their actions before you can forgive someone. I would say this is partly true, especially as it relates to God, for He wants a sorrowful heart, doesn't He? He wants a repentant heart when He forgives people. The forgiveness that we give is different than the forgiveness God offers. His forgiveness will end up with you in heaven someday. His redemption, God's redeeming blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, will mean that you are in heaven someday. Me forgiving you just means we're going to get along. Me forgiving you means we might have to change our relationship. Me forgiving you means I'm going to sleep easier tonight. And hopefully, depending on the circumstances, my behavior will change or your behavior will change, and we both learn something. But man's forgiveness is just a tad different than God's redeeming power because his redemption, his forgiveness, ends up with eternity. Consider the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. The people brought this woman, cast her down on the ground, and told Jesus, Jesus, this woman was caught in adultery, and the law says that she should be stoned. What say you? And Jesus told them, as you know the story, he who was without sin cast the first stone. See, the people, they overstepped their bounds. They overstepped what they should have been doing in regards to what this woman was and what she was caught in. The people left. They were not without sin, as you know. And straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go. From now on, sin no more. The people were ready to stone her as judges, to condemn her. Jesus, on the other hand, didn't condemn her, but remitted her sins, justified her, made her just as if she had never sinned. Who had, though, who had to forgive the woman? Her husband did, her community, her extended family. Jesus forgave her, but more specifically in this moment, he did not condemn her. Of the people that were there, he was the only one capable of of establishing that final judgment course he's put it off because he's got more work to do so you see he taught them an important lesson teaches us an important lesson today 
We should forgive others, but we should not be in the business of condemning them. For we all need God's forgiveness. And thankfully, He does forget. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 25 says, I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. And their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Hebrews 10 and verse 17. God must forget. He is a just God, and if He did remember our sins, He might send us to hell. But Christ's blood takes care of that. Our obedience takes care of that. And we can someday see Him in heaven. And you and I can get along because of forgiveness. Forgiveness is also a process, not an event. People many, many times, why can't I forget it? Why can't I forgive Him? Why can't I, why can't I, why can't I? Number one, you're probably not going to completely forget it. You're not God. But you do have to go through a process, much like grief. These are the steps through grief. You deny it happens. You're, you're angry that you lost a person. You start bargaining. Oh, if you'll just if you'll save his life, if you'll save her life. You start bargaining with God, bargaining with people. Then after the loss of a loved one, there's depression. You work through this. And it's not step one, step two. It doesn't work like that. You're up and down and you're back and forth through all of this until you finally reach the acceptance of what happened. So forgiveness is much the same as the process of grieving because when you forgive, a lot of times you are grieving because you lost something. You found out that you have a wound after this. You lost safety and trust. You have now a changed relationship perhaps, the fear of an uncertain future, and the pain of the work of re reconciliation or the pain of releasing the relationship. Because of these changes, you might actually be grieving as you forgive someone for something that has happened. So when you are forgiving, make sure you understand that it is a process. It's not a specific event that, boom, you just get over it. A lot of times you have to work through it. And you need to work this process as well because forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness, you can give to that other person and it'll do them a lot of good, but teachings throughout Scripture, as we've looked at today, forgiveness is for you to forgive that person for what they have done. And you need to stop trying to enforce unenforceable rules on other people. That's why you can't forgive people sometimes. Because you can't see that they're, they're messed up. They're sinners. And you can't see that sometimes, but you've got to realize, you know what, they need God's forgiveness, I need God's forgiveness, so I need to forgive them, and I need to move on. There is a fourfold path to forgiveness. Steps, if you will, that you can take to finally forgive someone. And this is for you to work on so that you can move forward in a good manner. First off, tell your story to someone you trust. What hurt you? Who hurt you? And then you've got to name the hurt. What is it about that went on that hurt you so bad? How did this affect you emotionally? physically and mentally, sometimes people can't forgive because they haven't named that hurt yet. They haven't spoken directly to it. Something happens, they close the door on it, and they think that's how they're going to deal with it. 
or whatever you might shut away or whatever you might bury in the ground, it's going to find its way out. Because you didn't tell your story. It will affect your relationships in other ways with other people and it will continue to grow and fester on the inside of you. And that grudge, you see, that's the opposite of forgiveness, is holding that grudge and that hard heart forming inside of you. And you try to say it's, it's not happening, when in reality it is. Next, you must grant forgiveness. You need to do this so that you will be forgiven. And you, just like the person who wronged you, are both in need of God's grace. And forgiveness is a choice. It's a mental choice. Your head can make it. That's the easy step a lot of times. The difficult step is changing the heart. And I hope today's lesson has helped move your heart more in a forgiving direction. And at the end, you might need to change the relationship somehow. Whether for your good or for the other person's good, change that relationship so that you'll both learn something about forgiveness and about being a better person on this earth. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 12 says, Hatred stirs old quarrels, but love overlooks insults. If we're to forgive people, we must understand and remember that we're to love them. That's what the Proverbs writer is telling us. Let me read it again. Hatred stirs old quarrels. Things that you haven't forgiven. That's what that old quarrel is. What's funny is that person might have forgotten about it by now. They're not thinking about you. Forget about it. Forgive that person, move on, and let your love come out and overlook any insult that might have occurred. And forgive, please, so that you might be forgiven. And you can take advantage of that forgiveness this morning. You can become a Christian, you can be baptized, be added to the body of Christ, become a Christian. Or if you are a Christian and have stumbled away, come forward this morning, we can pray that your sins might be forgiven, and you can have that reconnection again in the body of Christ. Won't you come now as we stand and sing to encourage you.